0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Secret Language Podcast. This week, I will be discussing the 1995 film directed by Martin Campbell, GoldenEye, a James Bond film starring Pierce Brosnan. Um, this film was, like I said, released in 1995. Its Metacritic score is a 65, and it's got an average letterbox rating of three and a half stars. Um... The synopsis for this film says years after a friend and fellow double O agent is killed on a joint mission, a Russian crime syndicate steals a secret space-based weapon program known as GoldenEye and James Bond has to stop them from using it. Okay, so I'm telling you, this movie is something else. Um, let's give myself, let's give you guys a little background on my history with James Bond, um... I have seen all of the Daniel Craig James Bond films. So that's like four or five of those. And I've seen like two or three of the Sean Connery films. Um, so that's that's it. Like I, I haven't seen really that many of them. But I, I have a basis. Like I understand like who the characters are. Who James Bond is. Like you know all the tropes. Like I'm I'm familiar with James Bond as a character. Um, I never played the video game GoldenEye. Which, you know, doesn't matter. Because as far as I know, it's... Well, everything I know about GoldenEye, the video game, is the uh, is the multiplayer function. So I don't even know if the story is anything like the, the actual movie. But um, this... Let's just say, the, the Bond films that I've already seen did not adequately prepare me for what this movie was about to be. Not even a little bit. Um, for one thing... It's, it is so much like it's, um, it's a lot. Like it's a little kooky and weird. And, uh, I really just wasn't expecting it, I guess. Like it just, just was like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, if you've ever seen a Pierce Brosnan Bond film, I guess, you know what I'm talking about? Like they just kind of like ratcheted up the weird or the silly or like the, the campy. I don't know. It just—it was not what I expected. I—I um, I laughed out loud two, three, four times during this movie, uh, at moments that I'm not sure you were supposed to laugh out loud at. You know, like I—I I laughed at stuff, and I'm not sure it's a good thing. I don't think it was meant to be funny. It was funny because it was ridiculous. You know, um, it just—it it, so much was not what I expected it to be. So I, I guess I'm going to get into that, like try to explain to you what I mean. Um, honestly, like there's there's this scene before like your uh, opening song, the opening theme, you know, the the special song that gets written for every every Bond movie. There's like a little scene that like gives you the context of what's going on, and um, it ends. Spoiler alert! I guess it's like the first three minutes. So, like whatever. It ends with James Bond chasing an unmanned plane off of a cliff on a motorcycle. So, like, he is driving a motorcycle after this plane that is about to drive off of a cliff because it hasn't yet taken off. And he gets to the cliff and he, like, free falls, dives into the plane and manages to fly it and save it. And it, I laughed because it was so ridiculous. Like, if if it didn't say, like, James Bond, 007, like, if it didn't say all the things that clearly marked it as a Bond film, you'd think that this is, like, one of those, like, really cheesy action movies that came out in the 80s and 90s. And you're just like, wow, that is above and beyond, man. They really, like, ratcheted up the, the action for this, you know? And they did. Like, it was I mean, it's pretty interesting, but sure. Um, I think my general overall attitude towards the movie... If, if I had to, like, sum it up into, like, one sentence, I guess, is, um, if you didn't know this was a Bond film, you'd think it was a parody of a Bond film. Um, <laughs> which, I guess, is that's just the way I look at it. Like, it feels like a spoof. They, they play all the tropes, and then they, like, ratchet it up to, like, an 11. So, like, him flirting with people, or, like, the gadgets are totally insane. The gadgets are crazy. He's got, like, an exploding pin that's, like, a Class 4 grenade. I mean, I don't understand the classes between grenades, but it's a Class 4 grenade, apparently. Um, his his Omega watch that he always wears, you know, has, like, a cutting laser in it. And it can also pair with these bombs. So, like, he'll set these charges, and he'll press a button on his watch, and they'll blow up. Like, there's that. The, I mean, the the gadgets are a little crazy. Like, they're just... Just a little weird. Um, you know, like the craziest gadget we really see in the the Daniel Craig James Bond is probably the gun that reads his fingertips. Like his fingerprint. Like if, if it's not his print, it won't the gun won't fire. Like that's about as crazy as it gets if I remember right. Um I don't know, like that was interesting. I think the whole attitude behind the movie was just kinda kinda ratcheted up. You know, I, like I said, I've only ever seen the Craig films and a couple of the Conneries and the Craig films are so serious. Like when this one came off as goofy and campy, I, I just, I, I didn't understand it. Um, like, let's see. Um, like I said, the, the scenes with Q with the gadgets, that's totally wild. Um, it's also interesting. Like James Bond wears a tie at all times. Like he is always in like a jacket and tie. Craig usually is wearing a jacket and a shirt that's like half buttoned up, which is that doesn't matter. That doesn't it's just something I notice. I'm like, here he is running around chasing people and he is like dressed to the nines. Um, Sure. Um, The music pretty much didn't exist through the entirety of this movie, except there's one scene where the music really ratchets up uh, because Bond drove a tank through a wall. Like there's a car chase, like this, you know, he's chasing these guys, they have in a car, they drive off, it shows the car driving off, and then all of a sudden this wall behind them explodes and there's a tank, and then James Bond pokes his stupid little head up out of the little little hole, and you're like, Ah, of course, James Bond is driving a tank, like naturally, right? Um Through that car scene, I think one of the funniest bits, um this is about the time when product placement started really becoming a thing in movies, I guess because there was a very obvious plant for product placement and it was Perrier sparkling water. And what it was is it was a truck full of Perrier sparkling water. Like it it's like a flatbed truck with like 10,000 Perrier cans on it. Like that's not how they transport Perrier water. But then it had like, you know, it was written real big and you could see all the cans. Like it was obviously a product placement. Like obviously they got some money from Perrier to put that in their movie. But then the car chase just drives straight through the truck and just, like, drives all over it. Like, I think it's funny to think of the imagine... To think of the imagine. I think it's funny to imagine the, the people at Perrier seeing, like, oh, yes, let's let's see how they used our, our fancy sparkling water in this fancy James Bond movie. And they wait, and they wait, and they wait, and then all of a sudden, like, ah, there it is. There's our, our truck of Perrier water. Boom. <laughs> And it just like drives but you just gets driven over by a tank. And you're like, ah. I'm sure the 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 suits over at Perrier were real thrilled about that. I don't know. Um It's something else. Like I, I don't know. It's it's so wacky and weird. Um Sean Bean is in this movie, and I gotta say, I love Sean Bean. There's, there's something about him. Like, he just plays this guy that you just love to hate. I don't really know exactly what it is about him. It might be his punchable face, or... It's probably his punchable face, and he's just good at playing that kind of character, so he, like, really leans into it. But when you see Sean being in a movie, you pretty well know what's going to happen. You know that, one, this man is going to die, and two, he's going to do something real sleazy, and you're not going to like him. Um, so it's not really like a shock when he does something sleazy and dies later, but he plays the part so well. You're just like, you're just happy to see him. You're like, ah, look, there's, there's our man, Sean Bean. Look at him go proud of him. Um, I don't know. The movie's kind of slow. Not going to lie. There, there gets to a point where you feel like this is it. The movie's going to end here in about 10 or 15 minutes. It happens 90 minutes into the movie. I'm like, ah, the movie's about over. And then I I did the stupid thing and I checked the time, the runtime, which you should never do. Like if you're watching a movie and you decide to check the runtime, that one probably means you're bored and two, you're probably going to be disappointed. I checked it and there were, there was 40 minutes left. I was essentially only like two thirds of the way through this movie and I was like, oh my goodness, 40 more minutes. How is there going to be 40 more minutes of this? Well, it's because they decide to keep ratcheting everything up, bigger and bigger, bigger scenes, bigger sets, bigger action. And, uh, I mean, they, they do it. I mean, they it does get bigger. They move to a bigger location. They do bigger things. And and then the movie ends super suddenly, which is a little weird. Um, it's just like, oh, there it is. Action solved. He hops in a plane and flies off, and, like, and it just cuts to black. It's like, game over. I don't know. Like, it's so weird. It's a weird movie. Like, I don't know what else to say. It's just a weird movie. Like, I did not understand it. Um, I gave it, uh, three stars. Like, three stars. It's right there in the middle of, like, an average movie. It's okay. It's not as good as, you know, other Bond movies that I've seen. So, just, it is what it is. I don't know. There's some things that I definitely had some problems with it about. Things that just surprised me. Um... For one thing, I'm watching this, and I'm like, man, this is campy and corny. And I asked myself, when did we decide to start taking these movies seriously? Because tonally, the difference between, you know, GoldenEye and Casino Royale is insane. Like, the tonal shift is just immaculate. Like, it is crazy how different the two movies are. Uh, And I was wondering, like... When did we decide to start taking these seriously? Like, what? why did we start taking these things seriously? Um, turns out I accidentally found out the answer to that question. Um, after the producers of the Bond movies, who's, I I promise you, one of the producers of the the Bond films, her name is Barbara Broccoli. I promise you, you can look it up. Barbara Broccoli. And the other producer, I don't remember his name, because it's not funny, like Barbara Broccoli. Um... They saw Batman Begins in 2005, and they were like, you know what? That's what we need. We need a grittier, more serious, darker look at James Bond. And then 2006 rolls around, and we get Casino Royale. So it was was a similar type shift for these movies. Like, a couple episodes ago, I talked about, you know, the Batmans, the Joel Schumacher and... Tim Burton Batman movies from like the late 80s and 90s and I'm like these are so silly and weird when did we decide to start taking these seriously 2005 that's when when Christopher Nolan said I'm not going to do what's always been done and then you know Barbara Broccoli saw it and she was like you know what we're not going to do what's always been done and it turns out they've made some pretty great movies not doing what's always been done so like Sure man, I'm for it. Good for these guys, you know, they're they're taking a different look at movies and they've made some great movies. You know, like the the best Batman movie, like general consensus for a long time was The Dark Knight. And and now there's at least some debate between The Dark Knight and The Batman, which almost takes an almost darker, more gritty look at Gotham City. And I think for sure, if you ask people what the best Bond movie is, they're going to say Casino Royale. So, I don't know. I think it's interesting, you know. They take this crazy tonal shift after this movie, and it turns out they make some good stuff. I think that just tells you what kind of movie this is, you know. Like, this is the one where they're like, ah, we should stop making movies like this and make them good again. Um, that's about it. Um, at least as far as the tone goes. Uh, there's another movie that I watched that really might be like the funniest movie I've ever seen. It's called Casino Royale, uh, not the one in 2006. It came out in like the the 60s, 70s. Um, some comedians bought the rights to the story Casino Royale to like parody it. They made like a giant James Bond parody movie, and it is so funny. I love this movie. It's hilarious. But in this movie. In the '60s and '70s, they one of the like jokes that they make is like, I don't understand why to be a secret agent you also have to be like a sexist, misogynist, sex crazed maniac. You know, like they make that joke a long time ago. They established like that James Bond trope. Like that is weird. That's a little outdated. Why? Why is that a thing that we're okay with with this character? And you'd think that maybe they start like. Let's not lean so heavily on the source material with that stuff. Maybe let's make him not be that way. And uh, in recent times, they kind of have, I guess, when you think about it. Like, the newer Bond films show him forming a relationship with someone and sticking with them, which has been really neat to see. I've I've really liked seeing that. But this movie does not do that. I'll just say that. Does not do that. A similar type comment gets made by uh, M, who is played by Judy Dench. Got to say, I love that old lady Judy Dench. But she says to Bond, she's like, "I think you're a sexist misogynist dinosaur from the Cold War era." And just like just like backhands him with this thing. She's like, "You're a horrible person and I don't I don't see why you still act like this." And guess what? He still acts like that. And the movie acts like it's totally fine, which is weird. Like it's it's a little disappointing that they they'll go through and make that comment but then they're not going to change anything they're just going to let it continue to happen that's really weird what's even worse is that one of the other like mainstays in the bond movies is that he flirts with one of the employees agents something like that at MI6 named Money Penny it's her last name he always flirts with her and in this movie, he says something to her. I don't even remember what he said. But she's like, hey, that's enough to file workplace sexual harassment. I-, I could report you for that. And he goes, oh, yeah? She goes, yeah. The punishment for that? You have to make good on your innuendos. And, like, flirts back with him. It's like, you literally brought up, like, workplace sexual harassment in this movie. Like, something you would not expect to see in a Bond movie. And you're like, oh, oh hey, look at that. They're, like, being good people about... The way that James Bond treats women. And then the woman who calls him out on it just turns around and says, You'll have to make good on your innuendo. Ooh, 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 and like, winks at him. it's like, what? What a disappointing thing. Like, that is so sad. Like, such a bummer to see that in this movie. I mean, I don't know what to expect, man. It's a Bond movie. Like, you should pretty well know what you're getting into at this point. Um, I don't know. Like I said, it's a three-star movie. It's it's kinda fun, I guess. Like you'll be entertained. Like if, if you're looking for like a bro night kind of a movie, where you just want to watch something loud and crazy, this this would do. It it would fit the loud and crazy bill. Um it's really funny, there's like a couple very clearly British actors playing Russians in this. Um, one of them is Alan Cumming, you know, like the dude from Spy Kids is in this and it's like kinda weird. He, he puts... It's not a bad Russian accent, but you're like, that is... You know, like, he's so famous now. He's famous enough now that you see him in this movie, and you're like, what in the world? What's he doing here? Even weirder is Robbie Coltrane, who, if you don't recognize him by the name, you'd recognize him by the face, because uh, he plays Hagrid in the Harry Potter movies. Um, He's in this, playing this Russian guy. And his accent is not as good. Like... You can tell he's supposed to be doing Russian, and then he's supposed to be doing this Russian accent. But, like, you can tell that it's a Scottish guy doing a Russian accent. You're like, ah, you've kind of fallen into it sometimes. Um, it's a little funny. Like, seeing Robbie Coltrane play this Russian guy is almost worth watching all well, two hours and ten minutes of this movie. So, I'm not sure I'd full-on recommend it. But, you know, if you're down for a wacky and wild time, this would, this would suffice as wacky and wild. So that's what I got to say about this movie. Um, today, as this mov- this podcast comes out, I I finally will start a new job, which is something like I am super thankful for. Um, kind of neat. I'm getting I'm getting this job precisely two months after the day that I got laid off. Like precisely two months. Um, I got laid off. March 2nd, I'm starting a new job May 2nd, like, kinda nice, um, it's not been all that stressful, but in other ways it's been really stressful and hard, and I'm really glad that it's kinda coming to an end, cause, you know, making money's pretty cool, I like making money and being, you know, feeling like I'm actually doing something besides, like, hanging out and trying to find a job, um, On the other hand, I've been able to watch a lot of movies over the past two months. Um, I've watched precisely 60 movies in the 61 days that I've been laid off. Is that right? No? Yeah, 60 movies in 61 days. Um, That's a lot. I normally would not watch that many movies in that span of time, but... When you don't have to go to work every day, you've got a lot of time to fill. And so I've, I've seen a lot of movies, and I don't know if that's necessarily a complete waste of time. Maybe it is. Like, I've thought about it. And the things that I could have done in that eight weeks, like, I'm, I've picked up, you know, I'm trying to get back in shape. So I'm, I'm running a lot more, trying to give myself a basis, you know, I want to be in a certain kind of shape before... I would have to start a marathon training program because I'd, I'd like to run a marathon this year. And as I learned the first time, you should probably be in shape before you start training. You really shouldn't go from zero to marathon in 12 weeks. So I'm trying to get myself in shape. And it's like, you know, if I'd have started that eight weeks ago, I'd I'd be in pretty good shape. I'd, I'd be feeling pretty strong and pretty good. But I didn't. And, like, that's on me. Um... I have not read as much of my books, like, as much as I could have or what, uh, as much as I'd like to. I've kind of fallen out of some of my routines and, like, well, my whole life, my whole routine, you know, getting up and going to work and doing all that stuff. It got totally upended, and um, I'm very excited to get back to having a routine. I, I love my routine. I love just a predictable, normal cycle day in and day out. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to getting to do that, you know, getting that opportunity. So I'm excited starting a new job. It'll be good. It'll be exciting. I can't procrastinate on the podcast as much anymore for the past, you know, two months when I have posted, because like, like I said last week, I've not done a great job of posting. But when I have posted, um, I've normally like recorded on Monday because I'm like, I got nothing else to do today. I'll record the podcast today. Now I have to get back in the the cycle of, like, recording it Sunday or Saturday or whenever. And uh, I'm just excited. It'll be good to uh, get back into a nice little routine. Um, let's see. Watford News. We only got a couple more weeks of Watford News. At least, like, games and score-wise. Um, Watford are in 20, 19th place. Sorry, they're in 19th place. Which, um... There's only 20 places, so that's pretty pitiful. We're, we're in the relegation zone, and we are, as of Saturday morning before their game kicked off, they are like nine points from safety, which, okay, win three out of your next five games. Not looking good, not looking promising, but there, there are winnable games on our schedule yet. And the most winnable, I would think, out of that group was our... Our, our match against Burnley, who we played Saturday morning. Um, I did not get to watch the game live, and probably for the better. I, I checked the score. Well, I just checked like Twitter or something, and I saw that there was an early goal. And I thought, hey, early goal. That is great. Eight minutes in. Turned out like it was kind of an own goal. You know, Shot got deflected, goes in. I'm like, hey, we get a lead on another bad team this early. I think we can manage it. And we did what we were doing for the rest of the day. And I come back and check the score. 2-1. We we lose the game 2-1. We gave away a point, a goal in the 83rd minute. And then three minutes later in the 82nd minute to just... Sorry, 86th minute to really just seal the deal. We're still... We're still eight we Still nine points back from safety. Sorry, I'm getting all confused here. We're still nine points from safety and now we only have four games and uh mathematically it's still possible but uh we're going down there's just it's been sad i I saw some pretty pretty bad stats after our loss on saturday it says that watford are the first club to ever lose 11 consecutive home premier league matches 11 premier league games in a row at home we have lost uh, we're the first club to ever lose 15 consecutive games against one opponent. We uh, conceded the fastest goal in Premier League history. And we have the joint worst FA Cup final defeat in history. Um, that's my team, man. We are making history in all the wrong ways. And uh, it is what it is. Like, what What can you do? I I chose to root for this team. And I'm going to continue to choose route root for this team because... I guess I'm just loyal that way. I don't know, so kind of disappointing. I'm gonna have to find a way to watch Watford in the in the championship because uh, they're not gonna stay in the Premier League. Um, it's it's been officially announced at this point that the new coach manager Roy Hodgson will be leaving at the end of the season, uh, which a lot of fans are very glad about because they're like. You came here and you've done nothing for our team. We have not gotten any better since you've been here. Some might argue we've gotten worse. So there needs to be a lot of change at the club. It's not just Roy's fault. There there are a lot of things that need to change for uh, real real progress to be to be made. So I don't know. It's sad, a little disappointing, but you know at the end of the day it's just soccer, and there are a lot bigger things. So. That's my life, that's that's Goldeneye, that's uh, starting a new job, that's definite relegation for the old Watford Hornets, but um, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for uh, checking in and, and being being a part of this. Um, if you love this podcast, please, share it with someone you love. If, if you hate this podcast, please, share it with someone you hate. Like, you know, I don't know, don't hate anyone, that's not cool, actually. Um, I really hope, you know, summer's rolling around. You guys have a great summer. You make friends, that things go well. Hopefully you'll keep listening to this podcast and we'll get more of my friends on here and we'll talk about more fun movies. But, um, in the meantime, stay safe out there. Love you guys. Bye bye